The following is a presentation of Genesis. Genesis is a place where you are invited to begin, belong, and believe. To find out more, visit us on the web at genesisthejourney.com. In his image, uh, as male and as female, there are differences between the genders, but most people don't know what it really means to be a man, and most don't really know what it means to be a woman. Jack Bauer? (laughs) I knew I shouldn't have said Jack. Um, Jack, how about James? How about uh, James Bond, that is? Uh, Tiger, uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, I know he's retired, but I like him, so that's why I said him. Um, Chuck Liddell, for those of you girls who don't know Chuck is, uh, some of the guys will, so I won't explain who Chuck is. Um, But he's a crazy good mixed martial arts fighter. Um, are these men? I mean, whether it's uh, in the sporting venue, whether it's on the big screen, are these really men? Is that who you would say, that's a man? How about women? Whether it's um, uh, Jennifer Aniston, Angelina Jolie, shouldn't have said those two next to each other. Um, I don't know, Oprah, Madonna, Hillary, Are these women? Is this who we look at and say, yes, that's what it means to be a woman? My uh, hope tonight, even bringing this up, is to disturb you a little bit and challenge you to start wrestling with who are you as a man? Who are you as a woman? My aim is, I'm about to switch gears here on you, is not to give you answers of this is what it means to be a man and this is what it means to be a woman. But I will set you in the right direction. If you do not first understand who you are as an image bearer of God, you will have no clue, first of all, who you are, and secondly, uh, what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. We neglect the very first thing humanity discovers about themselves is that we were created in his image. It wasn't male and female, then we discover it's in his image. It's the other way around, that we were created first as image bearers of God. Three times it says that. And then we discover created as male and created as female. If you miss who you are as an image bearer of God, you're just going to fumble through trying to figure these things out. And unfortunately, if you look at what's been passed along to you, you will continue to pass along your confusion about who you are to those that will follow you, i.e. your kids. Because maybe you didn't see someone model for you in your own father or other father-esque figures what it truly means to be a man. Or in your mother or mother-like figures what it truly means to be a woman. If you really want to know these things, you have to ask the question, first and foremost, what does it mean that I am an image bearer of God? This is why your view of God is very important. How you view God will determine how you view yourself, and ultimately how you view uh, humanity. I think I shared this with you last week, but the whole know yourself, know thyself, begins and ends with knowing God. If you don't know God, you will not truly, truly know yourself. So uh, tonight, may you you begin a new journey of not just self-discovery, but God-discovery of who you are as an image bearer of God and what it means to be truly a man and truly a woman created in his image. I'm going to invite uh, my most lovely, awesome wife, Kyla. Let her know you love her. 
got props. I'm not sure if I, you'll ex understand what I meant by that later. Um, our hope tonight is um, to wrestle with uh, two questions. Uh, last week we spent a lot of, lot of um, time talking about image. Uh, so whoever coined the phrase image is everything, they were so on. They were dead right when they said image is everything. It's just a question of which image you will portray. Because if you don't know who you are as an image bearer of God, you will settle for being someone else. And God did not create you in his image so that you could just model or mimic or be someone else's image. And so we wrestled with some of these things last week. Uh, and tonight, the very two specific questions we wanted to talk about is how should we view ourselves as image bearers of God? And then consequentially, how should we view other people? So let me uh, pray for us and then um, we'll continue. God, I thank you that uh, we know uh, where we come from. We don't have to wrestle with the origins question. I thank you that four times in one and two verses, it is very clear that we have a creator. And because you are our creator, there is purpose, there is intentionality, there is design. And because of these things, there is significance, dignity, value, and worth in each one of us. So, Father, tonight as we would wrestle with uh, what does it mean for us to uh, view ourselves and ultimately view other people, God, help us to understand. So, Father, as we would uh, take a look and journey through what uh, Scripture has to say, uh, would you open our eyes uh, to see you? Would you open our ears to hear you in this place? And, God, we just give thanks that uh, you saved us from having to try and create our own image by placing your image in us. And we give thanks for that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we start off by taking a look at how should we view ourselves in light of the fact that we are image bearers of God, the, one of the first things we need to talk about or that we need to do is we need to stop comparing ourselves to others. You know, whether that be uh, airbrushed, <laughs> airbrushed images that the media sets before us, or even other people, people we know, people we don't know, people around us. And it's both of those things are so easy to do, to compare ourselves to others. You know, I'm guessing that when you even hear that word image, the first thing that's coming to most people's mind is our external appearance, how we look, how we dress, how we carry ourselves, those kinds of things. Um, and the media is constantly, I mean, you know this, the media is constantly bombarding us with ideas about that, how we should look and dress and act and uh, what our image should be. And I'm guessing for most women, not all women obviously, but most, um, whether consciously or not, we are constantly comparing ourselves to those images that we have ingrained in our minds that we've been fed from the media of what we ought to look like, how the world defines beauty. You know, we, pictures that we see hundreds of times every day of models who are skinny and fit and in shape and pretty and stylish. I mean, you never see models with, you know, varicose veins and cellulite and stretch marks and bad hair days. Um, you only see the beautiful things that the, me the things that the media is trying to tell us are beautiful. But it's not just the media images. We are constantly comparing ourselves to other people. I think it's safe to say that women, um, we look at other women more than men do. We are constantly looking around the room, looking everywhere we go at other women and checking them out. In the sense of what we're trying to do is 
check to see how do we compare to them. What's our ranking? Are we prettier than that girl? Do we look better in our swimsuit than that one? We're always ranking ourselves, looking around at other women, and we do it more than the men do. But while the women probably do it more, I don't think this is a problem only for women. Um, Michael confessed to me a couple years ago that when he walks in a room, one of the first things he does, I don't know, this was a couple years ago, the first thing he does is scan the room and see if he's taller than everyone. He is not in this room. I can see Come several on, I'm taller, not the only one who does that, fellas. <laughs> so, Maybe I mean, I it's am. not just women, but um, we're constantly comparing ourselves, ranking ourselves against other people. And, you know, our constant comparing of ourselves to other people, what it reveals is that at some level, we are struggling with insecurity or sometimes even self-hatred. We not understanding who God created us to be leads to comparing ourselves to others and then complaining about how we've been created. Sometimes it leads to judging others, even bashing them in our minds or out loud, all in a vain attempt to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. You know, rather than comparing ourselves to others, what we ought to be doing, what we really need to be doing, is focusing our thoughts on the truth of who we are, that we are image bearers of God, and he created us beautiful to reflect his beauty. Our beauty isn't determined by our height, by our weight, how in shape we are, what clothes we wear. Our beauty comes from the fact that we were created by the perfect, infinitely beautiful creator who fashioned us in his image, and then he said, this is very good. That's uh, pretty interesting to note. Uh, just this whole comparing uh, thing is just permeates our entire culture. Uh, our culture is based on uh, just comparison. Um, <laughs> I read this recently, but it was just a very interesting thing. Of uh, our Take sports, for example. Our entire sports system is based on what? It's based on we want to discover who's the best. <clears throat> when two people get on, say, a basketball court, a football field, whatever it is, it's, I know we kind of mask and say it's good to be competitive and all that kind of stuff, but we are so driven by this question of we need to know who's the best, who's the fastest, who's the strongest, who's the smartest, uh, and we are continually just comparing ourselves uh, to other people. And, uh, and Donald Miller, uh, you guys might know him from a book he wrote called Blue Like Jazz. Uh, he wrote another book called uh, In Search of God Knows What. And uh, he's a great author who raises great questions. And this one uh, he raised in uh, this book of uh, uh, Searching for God Knows What. And he said this, who told you that there was anything wrong with you in the first place? And I was just kind of floored by that. I was, we're so obsessed with comparing ourselves to anyone and everyone but have you ever just stopped to ask the question, who told you that there was anything wrong with you in the first place? It seems to me ever since there was a, a serpent in the garden with a voice and started talking uh, to Adam, talking to Eve, um, humanity has forever had a different understanding of who we are. And I was just, who told you? Who told you that there was anything wrong with you in the first place? And really... Nothing good ever comes from us comparing ourselves to one another. You know, when you do compare yourself to someone else and you end up coming out on top, you end up getting prideful about it at some level. Or if you compare yourself to someone else and they, they beat you out, they look better, they are smarter, whatever, then you, it just leads to you being insecure or uh, critical of yourself. And that's one of the second things we want to talk to about tonight is that if we're going to view ourselves correctly as an image bearer of God, we need to stop comparing, but we also need to stop being critical of ourselves. And instead, we need to be grateful and rejoice in how God has made us. You know, we are, 
we are constantly thinking about, working on, worrying about our image. And I'd venture to say that there are probably very few of us, men or women, in this room who are completely satisfied or pleased with the image that we are portraying. You know, if we really understood that we were made in the image of God, that we were designed to be a reflection of him inside and out, how would that change the way we think about ourselves? What would your life be like if you were totally secure in who you are and who God created you to be? You know, for those of us who are connected with our creator through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we ought to be the most secure people on the planet, not because of what we've done, but because of who he has declared us to be. And really the only reason that we struggle with insecurities is because our identity is coming from other things. It's not coming from the fact that we are image bearers of God, but it's coming from other things. We're allowing the media, the world around us, to influence um, why we think we're valuable. And just think, of, just check yourself. How are, how are you doing at being critical of yourself? What thoughts have you had about yourself today? Just think back to today. I'm sure not everybody in this room has been thinking negatively about themselves all day, but I would wager a bet that there are people who sitting in the room who've had thoughts like, if only I'd lose weight. I'm too fat. If I just need a different haircut. I need better clothes. If only I were smarter. If only I were prettier. If only I were funnier, more outgoing. You know, we, um, we, when we are critical and complain about who we are, the truth is that really what we're doing is we're making a statement about God, not just about ourselves. The things we think about ourselves are, in actuality, statements about what we think about God in whose image we've been created. You know, when we are complaining about how he's created us, it is the same thing as telling him, you're wrong, you made a mistake, you screwed up, you didn't make me right. And I uh, brought some props here tonight to uh, illustrate this point. My son Tristan, one of his favorite toys are flat guys, which are really just guys that we've drawn. I've drawn pictures of characters. These are VeggieTales because these were the original flat guys. I brought them. But they're pictures of characters, and he has them now. He started out with just VeggieTales, but now he has them for basically every movie he's ever seen. We have to draw the flat guys. Now he colors them. We cut them out. We laminate them. And he plays with flat guys. So Okay, no joke. We probably have, I'm not exaggerating, probably about 750 different flat guys. I'm not kidding. She's gone crazy. Like, this is a, a business. So if anyone wants to market these, <laughs> talk to us afterwards. The flat guy business, yes. yes. But so Tristan, basically what he's doing, when he asked me for to draw a flat guy or whatever, what he wants me to do is draw the flat guy to be a replica of the image he's seen in this movie. You know, whatever that character looks like, that's what he wants it to look like. And so I'll work on it, and then when I hand it to him, he analyzes it to see, does it match up to the image that he expected it to look like? And if it doesn't, which often it doesn't, then he complains about the flat guy. Now, his complaining about the flat guy, you know, really isn't a statement about the flat guy. After all, he is just a flat guy, and he had no control over how he was made or what he looks like. Um, really what Tristan is saying is, Mom, you can't draw. You know, he's making a statement about my artistic ability, which I am not perfect and I'm by no means an artist. So it's true. I do screw up the flat guys sometimes. They don't really look like they're who they're supposed to look like. Um, but our creator, the one who fashioned us, is an artist. He is an artist of unmatched, unparalleled skill and creativity. And he does not make mistakes. He made us exactly how he intended, 
to bear his, his image and to reflect his beauty. But like the flat guy, uh, we were created. We had no say in the color of our eyes, the texture of our hair, the size of our nose, the size of our ears. Uh, and when we criticize how we were made, <laughs> I have a problem with my ear size. That's why I mentioned it. <laughs> Michael has one too with my ear size. But <laughs> just that is so not true. But when we criticize um, we have how we're made. We an ear complex. Mine are like tiny and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> and mine are large. <laughs> but when we criticize ourselves, what we're really doing is we're criticizing our creator. Um, and our creator paid careful attention to how he created each, every detail of who we are. So criticizing ourselves is not really, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end with just criticizing ourselves. What we are really doing is we're telling God that he screwed up, mm. that he didn't make us right. It's, uh, we all do it, right? We all compare ourselves. And uh, we're all critical of ourselves. And as we'll talk about in a little bit, if we're critical of ourselves, uh, what's going to pour out from our hearts, pour out from our minds is being critical uh, of other people as well. And so it's just a question. So, okay, so what? I do that. Uh, how do I stop doing that? What do I do to avoid uh, the pitfalls of just comparing but also being critical of ourselves? And uh, the answer is, um, I think, pretty simple. Uh, Simple yet profound, and if you would do it, I venture to, I venture to say it would make a, an incredible difference in your life, is uh, to start investing in the heart. Uh, a great verse in uh, Proverbs, one of my favorite verses in Proverbs, verse four, chapter 4, verse 23, says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the well spring of life. If your heart is not in a right place, your life will not be in a right place. If your heart is jacked up, your life will be jacked up. The whole comparing, the whole uh, being critical, if we would learn how to invest, uh, not just in a physical, um, but invest, truly invest in who you are, uh, invest in your heart, uh, it's the wellspring of life. How much more life would start to uh, come forth from each of us if we would truly invest uh, in our hearts? So just think back to like the past couple hours before you left home and to come here to Genesis, I bet that almost every single person in here stopped by a mirror to check and see how you looked. And why do we do that? Um, it's because we're concerned about our external appearance and we're concerned about the